Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Chronic Pain and Paranoia. It's us. It's good to see you. Well, I don't see anyone except for Emily, so. That's fine. It's been a week. We're here. I hope y'all are doing good. Um, This week, we're doing another kind of chill episode. We're just going to tell you some scary internet stories, creepypastas, if you will. Mine, again, technically isn't because most creepypastas are very well known, so like... I don't feel the need to, like, tell you what Smile Dog is. I love Smile Dog and Jeff the Killer. Um, But, yeah, I also didn't go with the classic creepypasta. Mm -hmm. This one also feels like a creepypasta because it was from 10 years ago. Yeah. So, we'll get into that later, though. Yeah. It's just one of those things, like, I don't need to tell you what Slender Man is. That's not why you listen to this. But, anyway, Emily, how is your pain today? Today... I feel like one of those big, fat horse flies. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. They're so scary. Specifically when they're dumb and they're, like, buzzing around and then they hit the windows, you know? (laughs) And it makes that really scary sound. Yeah. I feel like that. It's very destructive. Like, I've hit the window um, and also I'm just spaced out, so I hit the window. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Um... I feel like the whale that ate Jonah. Oh. Because I'm just, like, super bloated and my tummy hurts. Like, I bet his tummy hurt. You're not supposed to eat people. For sure. I mean, he did come out back out of the whale. Yeah. So. Like, my... I don't know. I don't think many people know, but, like, when you're really bloated, like, it's super uncomfortable. And it doesn't feel good. Like, you simply just want to stop existing. And then your brain's like, are you pregnant? And you're like, I've been on birth control for three years. There's literally no way I could be pregnant. I have endometriosis. We'll see. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. most likely infertile. Like, <laughs> I'm not pregnant. <laughs> I mean, the way we joke about that. Uh, the female mind is so stupid. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Anyway, we're here. We're thriving. We're just moving I probably on. shouldn't joke about infertility, but. No, I shouldn't either. But for now. But we're going through it. So, like, exactly. if anyone can joke about it, it's us. If you can laugh or you can cry about it. Exactly. And I choose to laugh. Because crying gives you a headache. Yeah. And I'm already dehydrated. (laughs) Yeah. Aren't we all? Everyone take a sip. My sip is behind me. My drink, I mean. (laughs) Thank you, Emily. She took a sip for all of us. (laughs) Okay. Let's get through this disclaimer so we can get started. Okay. This podcast contains sensitive material such as violence, murder, paranormal activity, and other adult topics, so listener discretion is advised. While we do research all of our episodes, we are just two Emilys with a microphone and a passion for all the things spooky. Take it with a grain of salt. All of our sources will be linked in the show notes. Um, for this one, we're just going to tell you who posted it. You can look it up that way. So, like we said, we are doing scary story times. You saw the title, you know what it's about. Yeah, so these are not real, to be clear. To be very clear. They're not real. Don't freak out. Maybe we'll do real Reddit stories one day. Yeah. Like, r slash let's not meet. Ooh. That might be fun. Yeah. Either way, we'll figure it out. (laughs) Um... So, mine is a really old story. It's from 10 years ago. Found on the no sleep Reddit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It was posted by Five, um, F-Y-V-E, in September of 2012. And this is an email format, so it reads a lot better than it actually sounds, but I'll kind of just... Well, mine last time was 911 transcripts, and it was... It was <laughs> really spooky, difficult, though. though. It was job. Spooky. That one freaked me out. It freaked everyone out. <laughs> Sorry mine, if you don't like mimes now. Yeah, it's okay. Um, this story is kind of like classic creepypasta, where it's not like super duper scary. It's just kind of like, oh, okay. Because like, it doesn't have resolve to it. Yeah, and it's all. also one of those where like, I'd rather not see that in person, but mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, so this one's called Long Face, or its official title is I Found a USB Stick forward slash the long face okay um so here we go about a week ago i found a usb stick on my way to a pc repair business where i work part-time it looked really standard just a small metal box i only saw it because the sun reflected off the case for a second i thought that the pavement had just erupted into light (laughs) yeah whatever anyway i decided to take it to the police station after work but of course because I work with computers, the temptation to look at the contents was too much. Also, don't plug random USB into your computer. No. You don't know what's on it. No. Um, there were a few folders with incomprehensible names and three others. Case notes, training, and emails. There were about 100 emails, mostly unconnected, but a few were really interesting. Usually, I wouldn't go snooping into such private information, but I felt a strange urge. In the end, I kept it. I think I'm going to hand it into the police still, sometime in the future. I'm going to share with you the more interesting emails, ordered and formatted, uh, where appropriate for easier reading. And maybe you can help me decide what to make of it. Also, this is in, like, the timestamps. I really struggled with them for a minute. Because the dates are not, like, the way Americans format it. Oh, okay. It's, it's like European? It's, yeah, day, month, year. Gotcha. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, if you really want to see the format of it, it's really fun to read it that way. But here we go. Um, from Matthew.Howard, 1204-2012, subject Rebecca. Hey, Dan, how's it going? I know we haven't spoken lately. I've been too busy with uni, and there's some drama that's been going on in my family, and I've basically had no time. Sorry about that. I'm emailing you because I need some advice. What's with the Hotmail account, by the way? It's about Becky, of course. You helped me out so much going through all that with her. I still think about her practically every day, but I've taken your advice. It's been difficult avoiding contact, but I've managed. Okay, I still have her number even though she deleted mine, but I blocked her on Facebook and all that other stuff. Until she emailed me yesterday. She needs help. It's about John, the new guy. I wanted to punch his head. She seems really upset. Should I reply? Thanks, Matt. From Dan the Man. 1204-2012. Subject, no. Matt, no, lol. Doesn't matter why. You don't talk um, to her at least a year after, okay? Good luck, Dan. Sorry, I read that really weird. No, that's fine. Um, from Becky, 12345678911004-2012. So this email was sent before he sent the other email. Okay. Matt, I hope life is treating you well. It's been a while, huh? Any girls in your life? The past week I've been thinking about you a lot. I remember the moment when you said that you never wanted to speak to me again so clearly. 
I didn't mean to hurt you like that. I know my old address is blocked. I made this one to contact you. Is it okay if we talk? John has been acting weird, and I need some help. I'm asking you because, well, Matt, to tell you the truth, I'm scared of John, and you are the last guy I've been close to other than him for a while, and I don't want to tell my friends because they might judge him. Am I becoming a stereotype? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, if you don't immediately want to delete this email, please keep reading and I'll explain. But if you want, continue to ignore me and I'll understand. And I really will never try to contact you again. Last month, John tidied up the bathroom. Sounds stupid, I know, but he went, but he really went at it. I went in there and it was spotless. The surfaces gleamed, he'd put some sort of freshener down, and everything was exactly in its right place. You know how much stuff we have. We can't both fit our toothbrushes in the cupboards, so we lay them down in the sink. They were parallel to each other, completely straight, completely aligned. I was a bit freaked out, but I was also proud, you know? He just acted nonchalant like it was nothing. Soon the rest of the house is super tidy. All the books are organized alphabetically, everything put away, the magazines on the coffee table stacked up in a square. I'm a bit weirded out, and I ask him what's up. He says that it doesn't matter. Why would he be doing so much for me? My first thought was that he was cheating on me. I <laughs> Yeah. This poor girl. She's got some issues. Um... I have his Facebook password, so I checked in nothing. His phone, nothing. At the time, I was still suspicious, but not anymore. Also weird. Like, okay. Um, a week and a bit ago, I go into the kitchen, and he's rooting through the cutlery drawer. It says draw, but they meant drawer. Mm-hmm. He's picking up pieces of cutlery, examining them, and layering some on the counter and putting some back in the drawer. The ones on the counter are perfectly aligned. I asked him what he's doing, and he responded with, We don't need all this cutlery, Becky. I'm going to throw these out. Like, okay. (laughs) I said, John, I know that's bologna sandwich. You can do the math on that one. Mm -hmm. And he got really angry, really defensive. So I left. Last night, I woke up at about one and John wasn't in bed. I heard him rummaging around downstairs. I snuck to the top of the stairs. Remember the coat hanger in the wall? Well, we put a small bookcase next to it and he's rifling through the books, taking some out. He was speaking to himself, whispering numbers and equations. I said, John? And he looked up. I said, what are you doing? He said, honey, there are 75 books on this bookcase. That's three times 25, which is five times five. It likes fives. I was shocked and said, what likes fives? Ew. He said, the long face. And then started sorting sorting the books again, ignoring me. I guess this behavior over this past month got to me and I snapped. I ran downstairs, shouted at him, and tried to put some of the books back on the bookcase. But he grabbed me. Matt, he grabbed me. I couldn't move. He was so strong. He pulled his free hand back, and I thought he was going to hit me. He said very carefully, very slowly, This bookcase needs 49 books. 7 times 7. It doesn't like 7s. It likes 5s. Okay? I'm going to have to train you up. I was so scared I ran out of the house. Wow, that's a lot longer than I thought. I'm saying this. I'm staying at Alex's right now. Can you come over? Even if you can't help sort this out, talking would be great. Hope to see you soon. Becky. From Matt.Howard, 1304, 2012. Subject, I don't care. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Dan, I've thought this through and I'm going to talk to her. I don't care what you think. Matt. From Matt.Howard, 1304. 2012. Holy crap, it's worse than I thought. Dan. Sorry about being rude in that last email, Dan. 
Also, I'm cleaning this up, by the way, for you folks at home, because we're a no-swear podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, if you do go back and read this, I'm paraphrasing. So, let me start over. Sorry about being rude in that last email, Dan, but I think I still love her. But listen, everything has hit the fan, and at this point, I really need someone to tell. I went round to Alex's, Becky's staying there, and as soon as I knock on the door, she flies out and gives me the strongest hug I've ever felt. Her face was so red. I think she'd been crying nonstop since she left her house. I forgot you didn't know. John was being weird and she felt like she had to leave, so I comforted her and got her some hot chocolate. Alex had gone off somewhere. She probably didn't want to deal with Becky. Once she had calmed down enough, she'd asked if I would escort her back to her house and maybe comfort John. I was looking forward to that, let me tell you. When we got to her house, she told me I should go in first. On the doorstep were seven neat piles of books. I slowly pushed the door open and called out to John. There was no answer. Becky told me before that the house was tidy, but walking in there freaked me out a little. It was like the house had no inhabitants, had never had inhabitants. Inhabitants. We searched around and I kept looking for John, but he didn't respond. Every room was so freaking tidy and put together. We were both on edge Uh, We were both on the edge of saying, let's just go. And then I checked the bathroom. There was a trail of blood leading from the sink to the bath. In the bath was John. He was so pale, his arms slipped from palm to elbow. I almost threw up and tried to stop Becky from coming in. But she did, and then she threw up. We called the police, obviously, but while we were waiting, I noticed something. John was holding a small book. It looked like a diary. You know those moleskin things? One of those. And I took it. I don't know why. Becky didn't notice. She was pretty shaken up. Still is, of course. What should I actually do with this thing? I can't give it in now. Actually, when are you in town? I'd love to speak in person. Matt. Don't disturb a crime scene. Why would you take it anyways? No. Yeah. Um, From Dan the Man. 1404-2012. Subject meeting up. Matt. Wow, that's effed up. I hope you're okay, man. Listen, I'm still away for like a month. Two at the most. Don't do anything stupid, okay? I hate not talking in person. I'm so bad at it. You'll be alright. Dan. From Matthew. Howard, 1404, 2012. Subject, the diary. Dan. I'm reading the freaking diary. I guess it was written by John and explains all his behavior. It's not really a diary. More, an, more of an encyclopedia, I guess. Apparently, John believed in this entity called the Long Face. It doesn't really explain what it is, but it lists loads of rules for dealing with this thing. It likes multiples of fives and will seek them out. It hates sevens, stuff like that. Pile things in, this arrangement, etc. What a freak. Matt. Matthew, from Matthew.Howard. 1704-2012. Subject, I guess freakishness is contagious. With the little, um, colon dot thing in the P, so it's mm-hmm. making the tongue out thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Dan. The weirdest thing happened to me today. I was getting rid of some old DVDs. Holy crap, remember Four Lions? Such a good movie. I noticed there were five DVDs on one of the shelves in front of me. It made me think of the long face. I laughed at myself, but as I went to put the DVD I was holding into the bag, I saw a face. I mean, the bag. On the bag, I mean. The two clips looked like eyes, and the opening looked like the mouth. Yeah, laugh if you must. I got two DVDs out of the bag and put them on the shelf. The face is gone after that. I probably knocked the bag into a different position. Becky's doing fine now. She wants to move out of her old house, but the contract the contract lasts until September, so she's going to try and find some replacement tenants. 
I know it's very soon, but I think I'm going to ask her out again. We should get back together. What do you think, Matt? Someone's being haunted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until you found a new friend. Yeah. This is why you don't disturb crime scenes. <laughs> no. Well, and did you notice that he put two DVDs back onto the shelf when he noticed there was five to get rid of the face? Yeah. Yeah. Um, from Matthew.Howard, 2104-2012. Subject, I think I'm losing my mind. Dan, Becky said yes. I took her to that Italian place you love and we pretended it was our first ever date. Sorry to burp. Ugh. It was great, but listen, this long face stuff is freaking me out. I keep seeing it everywhere. I'll be walking along, a car will pass, in the front of it, it'll look like the face. I keep seeing faces in the froth of my coffee, in the shapes that buildings make. I'm going to make a confession to you, Dan. I've started counting things. The books and the DVDs first, then cutlery. I think it's because I heard that John counted his stuff, too. Everything has to be in multiples of seven, even if they aren't, or even worse. If I see a multiple of five, I see more faces, and each face I see looks angrier and angrier. As I'm typing this, I can see the speakers as eyes, the keyboard as a mouth. I know this bologna sandwich is all in my head, but I can't help it. I'm having problems sleeping. Matt. From Matthew.Howard, 2404-2012. Subject, it's getting worse. Dan, you know that drawer that everyone has filled up with all the stuff in your house that doesn't have to anywhere else to be? Well, it's been driving me crazy. I can't know if it's safe if I don't tidy it up. In all caps. Matt. From Matthew.Howard, 2404-2012, subject, Becky, smile, er, frowny face. Hey, Dan, Becky caught me putting all the screwdrivers from the drawer in size order. She left, Dan. She left me. Matt. From Matthew.Howard, 2604-2012, subject, why aren't you replying? Hey, Dan, I was walking to work today. There's a zero in between two and day. I saw a car face, and I was so scared with a four in between the S-C-A-4 R-E-D. It was coming towards me and it looked like it wanted blood. I thought it was going to swerve and hit me and that would be that. I figured out how to stop it though. It was red so when I started counting all the red cars. When I'm counting it seems to get confused. As I was walking into work it was at 20. I pretended I had to count one more but it knew. Tomorrow I'm going to do blue. And then going with spell G-O-7-I-N-G. Matt. From Matthew.Howard, 2804-2012. Subject blank. I just want this to stop. From Matthew.Howard, 205-2012. Subject blank. Why did I read the book? People need to be trained to replue the long face. They need to know, but why me? Franny face. The, all the words are misspelled. Mm-hmm. And then long faces, all caps. From Howard, Matthew.Howard, 205-2012. Subject blank. I counted the pages in the diary. 125. 5 times 5 times 5. Maybe the long face wants us to read it. What if I miscounter? 126 is multiple of 7. I'll do that again. Matthew.Howard. 205-2012. Subject. We had a good one. Dan. I'm going to burn the book, Matt. If no one can read about this, maybe whatever evil... It is. will just dissipate. Hopefully my emails haven't been enough to trigger it for you. Don't come over, Dan. We're no longer friends. Matt. From Dan the Man. 305-2012. Subject, I'm coming over. Matt, I'm back in a week. I'm coming over. Why haven't you answered your phone? Dan. And that's it. There are no more emails by Dan, Matt, or Becky. I've thought about it for a while, and I don't reckon something happened to Matt. 
I don't know whether he succeeded in burning that journal or that what might have happened to him if he didn't, but something must have gotten to him. I keep thinking about that last email. Why wouldn't he answer the phone? Edit. I tried to contact these people. It was bad idea. Remove for your safety. And that's the end of it. Interesting. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So at the very end. That was cool. The edit is misspelled just like it gets towards the end. Oh, like the same emails. That's awesome. And then someone in the comments, thank goodness I'm horrible at maths. <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah. It was good. It was one of my favorite ones because I read like at least 20, more than 20, mm-hmm. trying to find one that I liked the most. Mm-hmm. And this one was pretty good. I liked it. I thought it was cool. Very much creepy pasta vibes. I like it. Yeah. I would just um, reading it yourself on Reddit just to see the format. Yeah. So it kind of makes a little bit more sense. Hopefully I let everyone... Um, I got the vibes. Yeah, get the vibes yeah. of it. I think that's one of the major benefits of telling stories in this format is you can do stuff like emails and like police dispatch stuff Mm -hmm. like I think that's really cool yeah I love the police dispatch ones I like the journal entries as well if you've ever Mm -hmm. seen those ones it just is a really cool way like with creepypastas I saw one one guy posted images and I would have loved to do that but I don't know how I would share it with you guys yeah that's cool all right Emily we're ready for it okay so this one is a little bit more recent. I almost did an old one, and maybe we'll share that at the end if we feel like this episode needs a little more beef to it, mm-hmm. a little more content. Um, but it's from r slash no sleep. Um, it was posted by Grand Theft Motto with an <gasps> underscore between each word. I read one from him today. That's funny. Not that one, I don't think. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. If so, I'll do something else. Anyway, but it has, like, a ton of awards. Um, I want to see how many upvotes it has. Sorry. It is 45.7K upvotes, and it's from three years ago. That's a lot. It's a really popular one. Also, I'd like to apologize for my voice. <laughs> I went to a concert at the beginning of the week, um, and the music I listened to is not light music. Mm-mm. It was not Taylor Swift, friends. Um, peace and love. Peace and love. I love Taylor Swift, but it was not that kind of concert. Um, and also, I did the Jasper voice from TikTok. If you know what it is, you know what it is. <laughs> and if you don't, I can't welcome you, you in. You've got to find it yourself. Yeah. Or it doesn't make Jasper sense. Jasper finds you. Yeah. Anyways, that's all. We need to put you on vocal rest for the podcast. Yeah. Okay, so this one is called Something Walks Whistling Past My House Every Night at 3.03 a.m. Mm-hmm. A.m. is not in the actual title, but yeah. anyway. The witching hour. Yes. Okay. Every night, no matter what the weather, something walks down our street whistling softly. You can only hear it if you're in the living room or the kitchen when they walk by, and it always starts exactly at 3.03 The sound starts faint somewhere near the beginning of the lane near Carson Place. We're towards the middle of the street, so so the whistling moves past us before fading away in the direction of the cul-de-sac. When I was younger, my sister and I would sneak into the kitchen some nights to listen. Mom and Dad didn't like that, and we'd catch heck if they ever found us out there, but they were never too hard on us since we always stuck to the one big rule. 
don't try to look at whatever was whistling. My neighborhood was a funny place. I've lived there since I was six and I love it. The houses are small but well kept, good sized yards, and plenty of spaces to roam. There are a lot of other kids my age. I turned 13 back in October. We grew up together and would always play four square in the cul-de-sac or roam around from the back porch to back porch in the summer. This is a good place to grow up. I'm old enough to see it. And there's only two strange things that happen here. The night whistling and the good luck. Also, I forgot about Foursquare. Foursquare is fun. I was going to say that. Like, I don't remember how to play it, but I remember playing it. It was so fun. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I remember like it was a big thing to play it at recess. That and kickball. You had to be one of the cool kids. Yeah. I hated kickball. It gave me too much social anxiety. Yeah. I don't know why. Everything. Well, we weren't really allowed to do anything at our school. Like, tag was forbidden. Hide and seek was forbidden. Like, all the things were forbidden. Yeah. So it was like. Like, the main thing for us, like, tag wasn't allowed. Mm hmm. Which is weird because tag is fun. Like, I I get it kind of like on the playground equipment. Yeah. I wonder if, like, it's like an injury thing. But, like, even in. Even in, like the field i don't understand why we weren't allowed to play yeah also hide and seek i don't remember if we were allowed to play hide and seek or not i just know we had a ton of rules that like weren't allowed and it was so dumb so it was like we only had kick kickball wait is that what it's called Mm -hmm. for some reason i just blanked it's like really similar to baseball it's baseball just with uh like the round red balls with the ball emily there's a ball in baseball. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, listen. It's like a giant bouncy ball. Yeah. That's how I view it. And anyway. then Foursquare. Anyways, Foursquare. let's continue with the Foursquare story. Foursquare was for the cool kids. Yeah. Okay. The whistling never bothered me much. Like I said, I couldn't hear it from my bedroom. But mom and dad don't like talking about it. So I've stopped asking questions. My dad is a strong guy, tall and calm. He has an accent since he moved to the U.S. as a child. His family, my grandparents, they're from the islands. That's what they call it. My dad, the only time he isn't so calm is if the whistler comes up. He talks a little quicker than eyes move faster. He tells us not to think about it so much and to always remember the one rule, the big rule. Don't try to look outside when the whistler goes past. Hmm. Not that we could even look if we wanted. See, there are shutters on the inside of every window, thick pieces of heavy canvas that pull down from the top and latch to the bottom of the window frame. Each latch even has a small lock, about the size of what you'd find on a diary. My dad locks those shutters every night before we all go to bed and keeps the key in his room. My mom, I don't know what she thinks about the whistling. I've seen her out in the living room before 3.03 when the sound starts. I could see her if I cracked my door open just an inch to pink peak sorry she's not out there often at least i haven't caught her much but once or twice a month i think she sits out there on her big red couch just listening the whistler has the same tune every night it's cheerful and then it has like da-dum 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 i don't know what it's trying to say so it's trying to say i don't whatever. know what the rhythm is supposed to be so i'm not gonna try yeah just imagine a cheerful whistle we'll leave yes. it at that i'll just say whistle here insert whistle Insert whistle. Remember how I said there are two odd things about where I live? Well, besides our night whistler, everyone in my neighborhood has really good luck. It's hard to explain and our dad doesn't like us talking about this part much either. But good things just seem to happen to people around here a lot. 
Usually it's small things, winning a radio contest or getting an unexpected promotion at work or finding some arrowheads buried in the yard, you know, the authentic kind. The weather is pretty good and there's no crime and everyone's uh, gardens bloom extra bright in the fall. A million little blessings I've heard my mom say about living here. But the main reason we stay here, why we moved here in the first place, is my sister Nola. She was born very sick, something with her lungs. We couldn't even bring her home when she was born, only visit her in the hospital. She was so small, I remember. Small even compared to the other babies. A machine had to breathe for her. Mm -hmm. We moved into our house to be closer to the hospital. As soon as we moved here, Nola started getting better. The doctors couldn't figure it out. They chalked up to what whatever we were doing, but they chalked it up to whatever they were doing, but we could all tell that they were confused. But my parents knew, even I knew, Nola getting better was just another of the million little blessings we got for living in our neighborhood. So that's why we've stayed. Even after we found out that for every small miracle that happens here every day, now and then, some bad things happen. But they only happen if you look for the whistler. Hmm. See, our neighborhood has a welcoming committee. They show up with a macaroni casserole and a gift basket with a manila folder whenever someone new moves in. They're very friendly. Four people showed up when we moved in seven years ago. The committee made small talk, gave me a Snickers bar, and took turns holding Nola. It was her first week out of the hospital, so they were extra careful. I like how you can tell this is written by, like, a younger kid. Or tried. Yeah, like, it's the way a younger kid would think. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Then the committee asked to speak to my parents private, so I was sent to my room where I still managed to hear nearly every word. The welcoming committee told my parents about how the nice, how nice the neighborhood was. Really exceptionally hard to explain kind of nice. And then they told my parents about the even harder to explain whistling that happened every morning at 3.03 and ended at the tick of 3.05. The group, our new neighbors, warned my parents that the whistling was quiet, would never harm or hurt us as long as we didn't look for what was making the sound. This part they stressed, and I pushed my, pushed my ear to the door, straining to hear them. People who went looking for the whistler had their luck change, sometimes tragically. A black cloud would hang over anyone who that looked. Anything that could go wrong would. The manila envelope the committee brought over contained newspaper clippings, stories about car crashes that ruined lives, public deaths, and freak accidents. Not everyone dies, I heard the head of the committee tell my dad, but the life goes out of them. Even if they live, there's no light in them ever again. No, I think they mean for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, without explanation. Yeah, okay. for sure. My mom, I could tell she wasn't taking it seriously. She kept asking if this was some prank they play on the new neighbors. At one point, my mom got angry and accused the committee of trying to scare us out of our new home and asked them if they were racist on the account of my dad being from the island. My dad claimed her, calmed her down, told her that he could tell our new neighbors were sincere and they were just trying to help us. He explained that he grew up hearing these kinds of stories from his mom and that he knew that strange things that walked among us. Interesting. Yeah. Some of those strange things were good and some were bad, but most were just different. After the committee left, Dad went to the hardware store, bought the canvas, blinds, the latches, the locks, and installed them on every window in the house after dinner. That first night in our new house, I crept out of my room at 3 a.m., only to find my dad awake sitting on the living room couch holding my baby sister. My dad held up his finger in a shh motion, 
but patted the couch next to him. I sat and waited. At exactly 3.03, we heard the whistling. Insert whistling. (laughs) It came and went just like our neighbors said. The whistling returns each night and we never look and we enjoy our milling little blessings every single day. Nola breathes on her own and she's grown into a strong, clever girl. My dad even joined the welcoming committee. We don't get new neighbors often. Why would anyone want to leave? But when a new family moves in, my dad and the committee bring them a macaroni casserole, a gift basket, and the manila folder. I can always tell by the look on my dad's face when he comes back. If the family took the committee seriously, or if we'd be getting new neighbors again very soon. Ooh. Yeah. Not long ago, a family moved in directly next to us. The previous owner, Miss Maddie, passed away at the age of 105. Dang. That's a lot. It's the good luck. Yep. She lived a good long life. Our new neighbors seemed like they'd fit in just fine. They believed the welcoming committee took my dad's advice about locking the shutters since they had a young child of their own. Whenever newspaper click, whatever newspaper clippings were in the manila envelope, whatever evidence, my dad never let us see. But I imagine it must have been awfully convincing since our neighbors got along with no issues for the first month. One night when our new neighbors had to leave town, they sent their son Holden to stay with us. He was 12, a year under me in school. I didn't know him well before that night, but as soon as his parents dropped him off after dinner, I could tell it was going to be a bad time. Uh, I feel that. Been there, done that, yeah. Like, as a kid, when, like, you invite someone over and then you're just like, this was a mistake. Go home. <laughs> okay, What's bye. mom picking you up? <laughs> Very vividly, yep. Do you know who is always out there whistling every night? Holden asked the moment the adults left the room. What? Can you chill? Bruh. The three of us were sitting in the den, some Disney movie idly playing on the television. My sister and I exchanged a glance. Uh, we don't talk about that, I said. I think it's that weirdo that lives in the big yellow house on the quarter, Holden said. Mr. Tolls, my sister asked. No way, he's really nice. Holden shrugged. He must be a psycho killer then. Nola tensed. We don't talk about it, I repeated. Let's go to my room and play Nintendo. The good kid. Good yeah, kid. He's like, can you not? We're not doing this. We spent the next few hours playing games, eating popcorn, and watching some movies. A typical sleepover, but I could see that Holden was getting antsy. After my parents had wished us a good night, locked the blinds, and gone to bed, Holden stood up from his beanbag and walked over to where Nola and I were sitting on my bed. Have you ever tried looking? He asked. It's nearly time. Absolutely not. Like most sleepovers, we conveniently ignored any suggestions of a bedtime. I was shocked to see that he was right. It was almost 3 a.m. I sighed. We don't see. I can't. I can't even try to look because my dad locks the blinds every night and he hides the key. He continued, ignoring me. So does our dad, Nola said. No, replied Holden. No, he doesn't. You saw him do it, I said, a little sharper than I meant to sound. Holden grinned. Your dad locks the blinds. Yeah, but he doesn't hide the key. He keeps it right on his normal keychain. So, I asked, worried I already knew what he was going to say. But I noticed that my dad didn't bother hiding the key anymore after all these years because he knew we took it seriously. He trusts his children. Stupid kid. 
So after your dad locked up, but before your parents went to bed, I went to the bathroom and on my way, I may have peeked into their room and I may have seen your dad's keychain on the nightstand and I maybe went and borrowed the key to the blinds. Maybe you better sit your butt down and go to bed. I know. Noel and I stared and his grin only grew wider. You're lying, I said. Holden shrugged. You can check if you want. Just open your parents' door and look. You'll see his keychain right there on the nightstand. Stay here, I told both of them. Don't move a muscle. I hurried over to my parents' room but hesitated at the door. If Holden wasn't lying, my dad would be angry. Beyond angry. I was scared just thinking about it. But more scared of an open window with a whistler right outside. Mm -hmm. I opened the door barely an inch. And I looked in, but it was too dark to see. Taking a deep breath, I walked into the room. Two steps into the dark, I froze. The whistling started. And I could hear it clearly from my parents' room. I never realized, but they must have heard the sound every night since we moved into the house. They never told us. I don't think I could have slept through it. I stood there listening to the whistling come closer, unsure whether I should turn on a light or call out to my dad Soft sounds from the living room brought me back to reality. Nola, I yelled, running out of my parents' room. Holden and Nola were standing near the front door next to a window. Holden wasn't lying. I could see him fumbling with the lock on one of the blinds. I heard a click. He did have the key. <laughs> this gives me anxiety. When I, I tell you, at your wide eyes. <laughs> when I tell you, I would tackle the child to the ground to yeah. make sure that window didn't open. Like, you don't mess with this kind of thing, kid. No. Mm mm. No. Okay, I'm ready. Continue. <laughs> Holden let out a quick laugh. Nola stood next to him, hunched up, afraid but maybe curious. The whistling was right outside our house now. I think I made a sound, called out, I can't remember. Time felt frozen, clock cans nailed to the face, but I found myself moving. I'm not fast, I've never been athletic. Somehow, though, I covered the space between myself and Nola in a moment. My eyes were locked on her, but I heard Holden pull the blind all the way down so it could release. I heard the snap of it start to raise, and I heard the whistling just on the other side of the window. But I had my arms around Nola and I turned us so she was facing away from the window. At the same time, I jammed my eyes shut. The blind whipped open. The whistling stopped. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, if you, that wasn't clear from how I read it, he turned his sister and him away. They haven't seen anything. They're not looking at anything. Oh, we got it. Okay, this kid's smart. I felt Nola shaking in my arms. Don't look, okay? I told her, don't turn around. We were positioned so she was facing back towards the hallway and I was facing the window. My eyes were still closed. I felt her nod into my shoulder. I reached out with the arm not holding Nola and tried to touch Holden. My hand brushed against his arm. He was shaking worse than Nola. Holden, I asked. Silent. I reached past him and gingerly felt for the window. My eyes still sealed shut. The glass was cold against my fingertips, colder than it should have been for the time of year. I moved my hand up the window, searching for the string to the blind. The glass began to get warmer the further I reached, and there was a gentle hum feeding back into my fingertips. I tried not to think about what might be on the other side of the window. Finally, I touched the string and yanked the blind shut. I opened my eyes. In the small dim light, 
Leaking out from the kitchen, I can make out Holden, pale and small, staring at the now-closed window. Holden, I asked again. He turned around towards me and screamed. Ew. Emily's face. (laughs) Everything became a flurry of motion. Lights sparked to life in the hall, then the living room. My parents' footsteps thudded across the hardwood floor. I didn't turn to look back at them. My eyes were glued to Holden. He was pale. He had bit his lips so hard that there was a thin line of blood running down his chin, and he had wet himself. What happened, my dad asked from behind me. I managed to swivel away from Holden and look back. He looked. I'd never seen my dad scared before, but I saw it that night. In that moment, an old, ugly terror stitched on his face, a parent's fear. Just Holden, he mouthed to me. I nodded yes. My dad let out a breath. He looked so relieved I nearly expected him to cheer. But then he turned to Holden and my dad's face changed. I wonder if he felt bad for feeling good that Holden was the only one that looked. There was a knock at the door. No. (laughs) No. We all froze. Holden whimpered. Don't answer it, my mom said. (laughs) She stood at the threshold of the hall. I'd always thought she was a skeptic and just humored my dad about the windows and the whistler, but that night we were all believers. I noticed that both of my parents held baseball bats that they must have taken from their bedroom. The knock came again, a little louder this time. Please don't open the door, Holden whimpered. Whispered, sorry. Either way it works. Yeah. My dad walked over to him and hugged him close. We won't, my dad promised, still holding his back. Nothing is coming in here tonight. Thud, thud, thud. This time, the knocking was loud enough to rattle the door. Holden screamed again, and Nola clutched her arms around my neck. My mom came over and knelt next to us, wrapping my sister and me close. Thud, thud, thud. Call the police, my mom whispered to my dad. The knocking instantly stopped. My dad looked over his shoulder at us. Do you think he was cut off by frantic knocking that trailed off to a polite tap, tap, tap? Police? Something said from the other side of the door. No. No. No one opened that door. No. I'm not opening the I door till the sun. From that. Not till the sun shines. Mm-mm. The voice from outside sounded exactly like my mom, like a parrot repeating the words back to her. Police call the police. Tap 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 police. My mom pulled us closer. Police, 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 police. Please stop, I heard her whisper. I don't think calling them will help, my dad said. How will we know when they're the ones at the door? Fair. The knocking came harder than before. The door shook, then it stopped. After a long moment, I heard the knocking again, but it was coming from the back door. We all turned together toward the back door, but the knocking immediately returned to the front door. Front to back, back to front. Loud, then quiet, then loud again. Suddenly, the sound was coming from both doors at once. Big, heavy blows sounding like a sledgehammer then something started rapping against all the windows in the house then the walls it was like we were living inside a drum with a dozen people trying to play it all at once or we were a turtle and something was attempting to claw us out of our shell stop holden yelled the knocking died i won't tell holden said staring at the door i promise i won't tell anyone what i just saw please go away <laughs> it's trying to get rid of the evidence Mm-hmm. this is scary Ew. We waited for nearly a minute, then we heard it, a soft tap, 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 coming from the window that Holden had looked through earlier. Holden started to cry, sobbing like a prisoner watching gallows being built outside their cell. 
My dad held him, brushed his hair, but never lied to him. Never told him things were going to be okay. What a true one. He was like, like you, you know, know what you did. You're 12 years old. You know not to do that. Stupid. The tapping at the window went on for the rest of the night. We huddled together in the living room for I don't know how long. Eventually, my mom tried to take us kids into the room while my dad stayed to watch the door. But the second we moved into my bedroom, the knocking came back so loud it was impossible to ignore. I was afraid the door couldn't take it. When we went back to the living room, the knocking stopped. Only the tap, tap, tap on the window remained. None of us slept that night. The tapping stopped around 7 a.m. That's about the time the sun comes up here. We waited another two hours before my dad opened the blinds from one window. He made us all go into my parents' bedroom first. I heard him open the door, then come back in. Okay, he told us. It's done. Ugh. That was yucky. That's it? No. Okay, I was like, huh? I'm just saying that was yucky. <laughs> yeah. Holden's parents came back around lunchtime. My mom and dad walked Holden over to his house, and they all went inside for quite a while. Noel and I watched from the window. She stuck to me the whole day, right by my side, sometimes holding my hand. When my parents came back, they told they looked grim, but wouldn't tell us what they said to Holden's family. It was Sunday, so we all spent the day together, ordered pizza, and watched movies. That night, everyone slept in my room. Noel and my mom in my bed with me and my dad in a chair he pulled over. There was no knocking that night or any night since. We didn't see much of Holden or his parents for the rest of that week, but by Thursday, there was a moving truck in their driveway. Noel and I watched them packing up the whole afternoon and after school. What sticks with me most is how tired Holden and his parents looked. All three had the same pallor, grim mouse with lightless eyes. Even from across the street, I could tell something was very wrong. Holden and his family were gone before sunset. I remember what the original original welcoming committee has said to my parents when we moved in. Not everyone who licks at the Whistler dies, but even those that live have the light go out of them, and the rest of their lives are full of misfortune, a million little tragedies. I think Holden's parents must have looked either to comfort him if they didn't believe him, or share in the burden if they did. I watched Nola some days happy and young and alive, and I wonder if I had been slower. If she looked out the window that night, would I have looked to to comfort her, to share in that burden? I'm glad I don't have to find out. We still live in that house, in that neighborhood. We still hear a whistler walking past every night. The blessings, the luck, the good things here are too good to leave. But we're careful. We don't have friends over to spend the night anymore. And my dad hides the keys to our blinds very, very well. Not that I've gone looking. Some things you just don't need to look for. Nope. That's it. Wow. That was amazing. It was really well written. That's really, amazing. It was a really good story. I want to talk about some details that I noticed mm-hmm. both times I read this. Well, I read it a few times now, actually. Um, whistling is a really common thing with, um, like, skinwalker stories and wendigo stories and I feel like they were kind of trying to pull parallels from that with them finding arrowheads, the real ones in their backyards, mm-hmm. and also the mimic thing. And not acknowledging it. Yeah. And then, like, his dad being, like, indigenous from, like, the islands and stuff, like, 
they understand things like that. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm-mm, there's things you don't mess with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it was a really good story. That was really good, yeah. And, like, the description of, like, what the window felt like. It was just so beautifully written. It was really good. It was scary. Chef's kiss. Um, the comments are really funny, too. If you want to go through and read them yourself. Yeah. <laughs> this one says, does the whistler adhere to daylight savings? <laughs> <laughs> and someone said, they might be in Arizona. We don't go on daylight savings. Ooh. Really good, good point. point. Really good point. Open read it exactly 302, saw the title, and just knew I had to read it. Best choice I've ever made. This was phenomenal. I hope your family keeps having a good life. I'm so glad you saved your sister that night. Because on r slash no sleep, you're supposed to act like everything's real. Which I think is why it's such a good subreddit. Just with that expectation, if that makes sense. Because you follow the rules. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked that one. That was fantastic. Thank you for listening to our scary spooky time yeah i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you're not too freaked out um don't look out the windows at night don't whistle at night if you hear whistling at night no you don't go back to bed if it's 3 a.m yeah um yeah nothing good happens at 3 a.m no except for sleep <laughs> sleep is go good. to sleep yep or if you're watching k-dramas like i do at 3 a.m but just know that i'm in my dark room yes ma'am that is all we have for you this week. Uh, plug in your heating pads, take your meds, and stay spooky. Goodbye. Goodbye.